baby. Are you ready, baby? Is this the one? <laughs> it is. Oh, my, oh, my. Hello to the world and elsewhere. Podcast land. Podcast land. All 7.92 billion of you. We do appreciate you coming back and spending some time with us. Yeah. It's awesome. Got some new cities to talk about, but we'll wait till the end of the show for that. Yeah. Because right now it's just hot. It is hot. Oh, my Lord, is it hot. Oh. Uh, in case you live in a place that's not hot, there's a thing in Texas that they do this kind of year. It's called a, a heat index. Oh, I thought you were going to say summer. That too. Yeah. Well, okay. They go hand in hand, the heat <laughs> index and summer. Yes, they do. And what is it today? Oh, 106. You know, I was out doing the a little bit index. of yard work not too long ago, and it was, I had to stop. I was about ready to pass out. It was yes. so hot. Oh, it's miserable. But we're oh. indoors now in the dining room slash studio, and it's yes. very comfortable here. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. comfortable indeed. Yeah. So, Thanks to iTunes for paying for this nice studio. Yeah. Thanks, iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> is that a new t-shirt, honey? Yeah, it is. It looks nice. Yeah. It's only about 30 years old. 30. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's back when the Army, actually, the saying was, be all you can be. Yeah. Yeah, there's kids today that don't even know that that used to be the saying for the Army. What's their new one? Army of One? Army of One, maybe? I like Be All You Can Be. Oh, well, I'm just a traditionalist. Maybe so. So today is a themisode. It is a themisode. It is. It's a a pretty funny one. What is it? Well, we don't do that first. We have something else we always do. Oh. What is that? Hey, I don't, you're not the boss of me. Go ahead. Uh-uh. No, you're not I'm the boss ready of me. Ready and go. No. Uh-uh. It's not Three, happening. Three, two, one, go. No, it's not happening. All right. Mm-mm. Well, go at your own pace, baby. All right. In that case. This week, there was a creepy stalker in Berlin, Germany, that was finally caught. That doesn't mm-hmm. sound that unusual. Uh, there are creepy stalkers everywhere, but this one yeah, is but this unusually. one was caught. Oh, he's caught. Okay. And what was, yeah, what was yeah. he doing? For months, residents had felt the uneasy feeling of being watched and then knowing that somebody was harassing them when one shoe would disappear from their home. Really? Ugh. Uh, <laughs> a brand new tennis shoe at this home, a favorite croc worn in the garden at this home. And neighbors were uneasy and embarrassed, so they'd not actually told each other of the situation. Okay. Which is a shame. Uh, They wanted to maybe convince themselves they lost a shoe. Really? Yeah. Yeah, just just lost one shoe of a pair. That rarely happens. Yeah. How do you manage to misplace just just the one, Mm -hmm. you know? But people don't like to think of it being some weirdo with a foot fetish doing something gross inside their missing shoe. Right. But this is counting worms, and our audience knows better. That's true. You know, there's people out there that do weird things. There are weirdos. Yeah. In fact, my mom and dad used to take mass transit into downtown Dallas to go to work every day. Right. And sometimes my mom would find herself alone because my dad was on a different assignment, and when she did, a very, very, very large homeless man always found her immediately. <laughs> nice. I haven't heard that story. Um, yes. Well, he was uh, easily six foot, six inches tall, okay. which is two meters for the, those of you who are non-Americans. Two on, inches shorter than on the, uh, on the metric system. Right. With very big, wide sol- shoulders. Uh, he was a large, large man. Like me. Uh, yeah. And he would ask to sit with her, and he would walk her to her building. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And he would always just stare at her feet and tell her over and over again, you sure have pretty feet. Oh, lovely. <laughs> charming. Yeah. What a charmer. Uh, yeah. And my mom said he was he was actually pretty quiet and gentle, and she said that she honestly felt more safe with him. 
because he looked so scary that nobody else would bother her uh-huh. <laughs> because he was such a big man. Yeah. So my dad uh, met him once, and again, having once been a cop, he said, well, he's probably okay, but uh, he was still like to tease my mom and said she still needed to be pretty careful, stay in a very public areas to avoid having her feet in a mason jar in a shopping cart. Yeah, and no t- open-toe shoes yeah. for her. Oh, no, no. She was, <laughs> well, that was how, that's how she met him is the open-toe ah, shoes. So and he she liked. She was asking for it. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> he liked her nail polish. Right. So, uh, anyway, back to our neighbors in Berlin. Yes. Uh, <laughs> had they been communicating about the problem of the single shoes being shoe-napped, they would have realized the extent of the issue. Of over a hundred missing shoes. Oh. Yeah. He was a busy boy. Yeah. Or girl. Yeah. We never know. We don't know. But that's when the thief picked the wrong shoe. Christian Meyer noticed a brand new and very, very, very expensive running shoe had been snatched off his front porch. And he wasn't having it. No. So he decided to investigate. Okay. So we put up cameras <laughs> and investigated tips from all over the neighborhood. He started interviewing people, going door to door. And with a lot of taking this extremely seriously, he caught, caught the culprit red-handed. And, well, blue flip-flop handed. Right. And well, not exactly handed at all, more like red-tailed because it was a wild fox. Oh. Christian then followed after it, like I said, with a blue flip-flop in its mouth from a recent theft, and it took over an hour of diving deep into the brambles of thicket for Christian to reach the stash. (laughs) There, the fox's stash of well over a hundred shoes, most of them barely gnawed, consisting of everything from sneakers to clogs to sandals and slippers and a range of colors, shapes, and sizes. But by far the most numerous were Crocs, and same here, so I get it. And why the fox started stealing shoes in the first place remains a mystery. But it gets weirder still. Uh In August of last year in Melbourne, Australia... A ring doorbell caught a fox repeatedly visiting a woman's home and stealing her Ugg boots. Three pairs in total from just one address. Wow. And in 2018 in Kyoto, Japan, a pair of foxes stole over 40 pairs of sandals before being caught. Are they selling them on eBay or something? (laughs) Right. Or Craigslist? And then in 2009, in one night, a fox stole 120 pairs of shoes in a completely different area of Germany. So I think the bigger question isn't why did this one fox start stealing shoes, but what are foxes actually planning? What is the end game? (laughs) Clearly, they're preparing for some kind of global hostile takeover of mankind. But regardless of all of that, Here's the one thing I know for sure, and there's no doubt in my mind, because those bastards aren't fooling me anymore. Uh I now know exactly where that one missing sock is always going, Ah, right? Now we all do. The foxes took it. Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. An age-old mystery solved. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. And P.S. Yeah. All the shoes in Berlin were returned to their rightful owners. Except, guess whose shoe was not in the thicket? Christian's one brand new expensive running shoe. A bait and switch. Wow. I'm telling you, those foxes are smart. They're foxy. Mm Mm-hmm. They outfoxed Christian. Mm-hmm. Right? It was a bait and switch. Bait and switch. The old bait and switch. Wow. Mm-hmm. Still Foxes. hasn't found his one running shoe. That's too bad. He returned over a hundred shoes to their rightful owners, but his is still missing. Hmm. Coincidence? Hmm. I think not. No. Well, thank you, baby, for yeah. that interesting story. You have one you have a missing shoe or one missing socks? It's a fox. Yeah. It's nice to finally 
put a ribbon and a bow on that one. Put a I, pen in it. Yeah, it's done. It's done. Stick a fork in it. All right, baby. Shall we? Oh, we do have something else, don't we? We do. All right. You ready? Yep. All right. Hold on. Here we go. Most people are dumb, some amazingly so. Swept out to sea by the ignorance undertow. <laughs> should we be bothered by the actions of these fools? Or should we rejoice in the upgrading of our gene pool? Playing with fire can blow up in your stupid face. Guns in the hands of rangers thins out the human race. Study hard for your finals and you will go far. Don't hire someone to run you over in a car. Being dumb can kill you. We'll miss you a lot, maybe not when it kills you. That's a good one. Yeah, so can you figure out what the story or the episode's about? Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Dumb, plain, and simple. That's right. Yeah, there are a lot of dumb people, so there was a lot of material out there. Uh, too much. My stories are mostly short, so this episode, unlike the last one, which went crazy long, this one, I don't know, might be a little shorter. At least my contributions are a little bit shorter, so... Shall we begin? Let's do it. Okay, my first story. It's a quickie. All right. But it's pretty good. Um, okay, so let me set the scene. We got two men, me Mexican nationals. They're cruising along in their car uh, in the town of San Fernando in the northern border state of Tamaulipas? Tamaulipas. Oh, my God. Tamaulipas, I'm guessing. All right. That's uh, about 85 miles south of Brownsville, so it's down in that area. And they're just cruising along, minding their own business, when whammo! Oh. They're involved in a serious car crash. Now, so the topic of this episode is uh, dumb, plain, and simple. Uh, I don't have the details of the crash itself, but, you know, most everybody has been in a car crash right. in their life. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you were doing anything stupid. There's a likelihood that you were doing something stupid, but sure. it's not its not a lock. People get into accident. They're called accidents for a reason, right? So it wasn't the fact that they got into an accident that was dumb. It was because of a slight modification that they had done to their car that caused this accident to be so life-threatening to them. Oh. Yeah. You see, they had removed the front airbags in their car. Now, why would somebody do that, you might ask yourself. Well. So that they could put them under their friend's butt and explode and it. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's not it. They actually filled the void with 55 pounds of cocaine. Oh. And they were on their way to the States to uh, sell their wares. Hmm. So the injuries that the two sustained were far greater than they would have been if the airbags had still been in the car. And emergency personnel took them to a local hospital where the two mm. were counting worms wah, from wah, their injuries. Wah. So kids in the 8 to 10 range, don't do this to your car. Leave the airbags alone. Uh -huh. They're there for a reason. Makes sense. Clap your hands, everybody. <laughs> and everybody just clap your hands. Next story. <laughs> All right, baby. See, I told you I was a shorty. Yeah. But it had a moral. It did have a moral. Don't don't deal cocaine and don't take your airbags out of your car, you idiot. Even if you're going to explode it on your friend's rectum. Yeah, that's a, that's a gas. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> no pun intended. All right, baby, let her, uh, let her rip. <laughs> well, this very week, I was lucky enough to meet a couple while doing my other job, which you all know I obviously only do to keep up my alter ego. Right. You know, like Clark Kent and Superman. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, this is my real job. Sure. That is the pretend job. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I had the exciting opportunity to meet a couple, and the husband mentioned, mentioned he was a retired cop. Hmm. Yeah. And I hinted at, oh, I bet you have some great stories. And the wife said, oh, he does. Crazy things happened where he was a cop. And sure enough, y'all know me, I actually said to him, I swear with one hand on the Bible, wow, that is my husband and mine's favorite state. Nope, never really vacation there. It's because of all the great crime stories. 
And thankfully, they laughed because it could have gone really bad. <laughs> because he was a cop in Jacksonville, Florida. Florida, Florida wow. Yeah. Go yeah, figure. Yeah, true story. Uh-huh. So I'll only give you guys one guess where my first story takes place. Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> close. Super close. Just a few miles away uh-huh. in Florida. Oh, oh okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. So this incident I'm about to tell you about happened this year, Okay. Um, by the way. So let's make sure we keep the love rolling for our Florida peeps because they're not going to let anyone take over their number one seat, no. which we're very grateful for. They fought hard to earn it. And, and they're going to keep, go. they're not, I mean, they're not going to just give it up. <laughs> so McGuire Marie McLaughlin. Hmm. Irish? Quite a name. Uh, <laughs> no idea. Okay. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Age 19, did what rangers do. It's 4 a.m. and time for one more bad decision. <laughs> so she went through the drive through at McDonald's. Don't knock it. We've all done it. I mean, the only reasonable time to visit Mickey D's is 4 a.m., or when you're ordering a Happy Meal. And to clarify, that's when it's for a child. Though it does sound good about right now. I like their double quarter pounders of cheese. Just saying. Well, if you're not ordering it for a child, then otherwise you should be ashamed of yourself. Right. But, come on. (laughs) They do dip those fries in crack. um, Crack and battery acid. uh, Because they disintegrate their container and paper towels entirely. And per your physician in the American Heart Association, apparently your heart and arteries as well. Yeah. So, God love them. They're good. They taste so good. They do. Oh, my God. Anyway, apparently the fries and nuggets were not quite heart-stopping enough. She wanted dipping sauce. And from what I have since learned, McDonald's now has a full spectrum of sauces. Hmm. Yes. But in Vero Beach, Florida, they will cost you 25 cents each. Really? Yes. Hmm. So when our femme fatale was not given the sauces she demanded, she pledged to obtain them, quote, by whatever means necessary. Wow. That's a bold Mm -hmm. statement. She then proceeded to begin yelling profanities at the drive-thru window, beating her fists against it, And threatening the employees inside. That's not nice. So they called police. Good. She was, of course, arrested. As officers arrived, by the way, she did not let them distract her from attempting to get in through the drive-thru window (laughs) to get to those sauces. Uh She was, after all, on a mission. So the cops did get to witness her behavior in its full spectrum and full flavor of fullness even without the sauce well hold that thought she would not specify to the officers what she meant by any means necessary and the employees said they were in fear for their safety and police said they smelled alcohol on her breath what huge surprise at 4 a.m so perhaps she had enough sauce and they had to put mechanical restraints on her Because as they tried to take her into custody, she kept locking her legs and refused to walk forward, claiming the issue was she did not receive all of her food. Sounds like a handful. Yeah, which, you know, I just have to say, this is an amazing technique, and I would have loved to have seen it. Because I've seen toddlers do something quite similar, but I would have loved to have seen a Mm 19-year-old do it. And good. I can almost imagine the look on the officer's faces as they tried to round her up and then, quote, had to find the mechanical devices to move her forward. What is What, what are they talking about? What kind of mechanical devices? I don't devices? know. I don't know, but I would have liked to have seen them. Okay. So the courts were rather kind, and instead of giving her an attempted robbery, she was let off with disorderly conduct and after a day in the drunk tank was allowed to bond out. And I'm thinking shelling out the 25 cents might have been the better option. But then again, 
let's let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she was just taking on the man in protest mm-hmm. because, after all, McDonald's Corporation did make twenty one point oh eight billion with a B dollars in twenty nineteen. So do they really need to charge you twenty five cents for your dipping sauce? Six billion of that was from the sauce sales. So maybe they do. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, I bet you that video exists too. It's out there somewhere. It's out there somewhere. Oh, I'd like to see that one. I know, right? Oh, her you. beating her her fish oh, and everything, trying that. to get in through the drive-through window, screaming profanities. It would have been great over if the, dipping sauce. Yeah, if the cops showed up and they tased her that while she was that, halfway that. through the window, the <laughs> drive-through window. God. Oh, uh, yeah. For those of you who don't know, I love tasers. I love to watch <laughs> taser videos. <laughs> Uh, he is a, he, he I do. To, I do. I am. You only say that because of the one guy. Don't tase me, bro. Yeah. You like that guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. All right. My next story, baby, is about a, the dream that we all share. Well, most of us share. Uh, that someday we're going to have some great, giant financial windfall. And many, myself included, uh, play the lottery hoping that good luck and good fortune will one day shine upon me. This story takes us down to one of the few states that has never downloaded our show. That would be Mississippi. (laughs) I don't know why. Hello, Mississippi. Alabama's finally (laughs) gotten on board, but Mississippi's still hanging out there. Well, we should talk about them. Yeah, we should. Flowood, Mississippi, to be exact. Flowood. Okay? Okay. So in Flowood, we find two gentlemen... Technically, they were outside of the range. Um, we have Otis Latham, oh, that's 40, a name. 47, and Russell Sparks, 48. Okay. And they decided that they had waited long enough for their payday. So what do they do? Tell me. So they take a scratch-off lottery ticket that was a loser, and they figured out what would have been necessary on that card to make it into a winner. Okay. And what numbers needed to be where or whatever. And so they grabbed a handful of their other losing tickets and they got to work with an X-Acto knife and a glue, <laughs> and a glue stick. <laughs> and they started a cutting and gluing. And when they had completed their masterpiece, they went to the corner store to cash oh it in. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, That's Mississippi for you. Hello, Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> so... When, uh, I mean, who in Mississippi hasn't tried this? That's really the question. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, <laughs> this one was for $100,000. That nice. was their big win. If you're going to go, go big. Now, that's not really going to make you rich, rich, but maybe it is for, in Mississippi. Maybe in Mississippi. <laughs> for Once they start listening, we will retract all of these statements. But until then, they're only going to get worse. That could have covered their bar tab for a month or two. Yeah. Right? Right. Okay, so perhaps surprisingly, the clerk at the convenience store detected there was some kind of something, something going on with this ticket. Well, he's the one that graduated high school. That's right. That's why he's got the high-paying job. Uh, instead of doing... <laughs> you guys better start listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's going to get brutal. Um, okay, so instead of doing what they thought he was going to do, which I guess was to slide a briefcase full of cash across the counter. Um, <laughs> Isn't he, that what they normally do? Yeah, well, in that situation they do. But this, they guy, do in Mississippi. this guy went a different direction and called police. God, he's such a tattletale. What a Doesn't dick. he know this? the store would have gotten some cash too? I know. I don't know. So I don't know what he was thinking. But anyway, the, the police showed up and the they two... They just slipped him a hundred bucks if, if they he just would have gone along with it. Yeah. Yeah, what, what harm would it have been? So the two were arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit fraud and altering a counterfeit instrument for over $1,000. I don't know what that means exactly, but obviously it's illegal well, to... Okay, now I don't it. understand that wording. Altering a counterfeit instrument? Yeah. Well, if it's already counterfeit, why does it need to be altered? Yeah, that's why I was wondering too but i did copy it verbatim so that was that was what he was did in plagiarize the it straight out so both <laughs> both, <laughs> both suspects are being held without bond uh, at the rankin county jail 
I bet it's a nice place. Probably. It's Mississippi. Yeah. You know. Attempting to cash a counterfeit lottery ticket is punishable by up to 20 years in prison and a $50,000 fine. And how much? $50,000 Oh, no. So that 100000 would have covered both of their fines. But it didn't get but They didn't it. even get they that. They didn't get that. So they're going to be down fifty oh grand a piece, perhaps. Oh, my God. So. 20 years? Yeah, 20 years and 50000 bucks. So don't do that, Oh, guys. my God. It's illegal. Don't do it. Just don't do it. 47 and 48. Oh, my God. How stupid do these guys have to be? How many teeth do you have? Pretty How damn. many teeth do you think they had combined? Four. Four, maybe five? <laughs> All right. Hello, Mississippi. Hello, Mississippi. All right, baby. Go ahead. Tell me your next oh story. Clap your hands, everybody. Right. And everybody just clap your hands. Next story. <laughs> All right, baby. Lay it on me. Man. Well, this one is social Darwinism at its absolute best. Really? I mean, this is a tasty morsel. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to it. My first story was dumb for sure. Your story was dumb. But I promise they get dumber. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know we've had some fun with cause and manner of death. Mm -hmm. So have fun with this one. I'm sure the police and the ME did. 25-year-old Troy Earl Smith was riding his bike down the street and, well, I almost hate to even tell you since you already know, St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, yeah. Our favorite state that we've come to count on for everything important. (laughs) When a witness said they heard a loud bang and Troy collapsed. And I should clarify, by riding his bike, I mean his bicycle. No motor, you know, pedal with your feet. Old fashioned, (laughs) right. Okay. It was one of those beautiful sunny Florida afternoons, 1 p.m. in broad daylight. Of course, police were called, and an ambulance, but Troy was literally dead right there and then, right on the spot. Oh, no. So, what in the world happened? Well, folks, it's Florida, so really, it could have been anything. Anything goes. Right? Right. I mean, come on. Could have been an alligator attack. We don't know. (laughs) Right. He was officially pronounced dead at Bayfront Health St. Petersburg, and the hospital staff alerted police to the finding that a bullet was lodged in his chest. What? What? So, but come on, this is broad daylight. This stuff doesn't happen. Nobody would shoot somebody in broad daylight. I mean, that just, not, come not on. Not in Florida. Not in Florida. Maybe in Mississippi. But not in Florida. No. Hello, Mississippi. So, police went back to canvas the area for security videos and to re-interview that witness while CSI grabbed his clothes and did their thing at the scene. That is when they found the loaded gun. Mm. Mm. The one Troy had been carrying in his jacket pocket. Oh, no. And after reviewing security footage, talking to the witness, ballistics, and the Emmy looked at the evidence, it was quite clear. Crystal clear. Troy was riding his bicycle, bumping down the road, his safety in the off position. Sure. When the fully loaded handgun he was carrying in his jacket pocket went off, the bullet just happened to strike him perfectly in the chest. It had discharged unassisted through his clothing. An accidental suicide. Death by stupid. (laughs) So shot in the chest by his own gun while riding his bike down the street by accident. So, is this a good argument for more gun laws or not? Hmm. Hmm. I see where you're going with that. Hmm. Yeah, Troy. Hmm. And Troy was gone. Oh, Troy, we're going to miss him. We are going to miss him. I barely knew him. I know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure the gun didn't just go off. I'm sure his jacket or something bumped into the trigger or whatever. But don't carry a loaded gun in your jacket. With the safety off, just hopping around in your pocket. What's he doing riding around in his bike with a gun? Well, he just wanted to feel like a big shot. And then he got off. How does he feel now? Yeah. (laughs) He feels like a big shot. Fucking stupid Riding ass. Riding his bike. Dumbass. 
All right, baby. Thank you for that. Uh, my third story. You're going to do the... Oh. Clap your yeah. hands, everybody. And everybody just clap your hands. Next story. <laughs> Thanks, baby. Yeah. So, most everyone listening, because we have a pretty smart audience. Oh, they're brilliant. We talk about stupid people, but it's not our audience members that are stupid. And it's the, the general public. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. That yeah. don't listen Our to people us. are, yeah. In fact, they have to pass an IQ test just to listen. And so, most of, most of our audience are, can relate to the agony of final exams. Oh, okay. yeah. Our that, audience can. Right, exactly. Goodbye, Mississippi. <laughs> so, for those of you who did never had the uh, the opportunity to uh, enjoy them, it's where you stay up late for weeks, going over a whole year's worth of material, borrowing other people's Adderall. For, yep, and uh, paying for uh, plagiarized test exams and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for each of your classes, and then you're preparing for a comprehensive test of everything that has gone on during the semester, and it makes up half of your grade. Yeah. Very stressful. Yeah. Very stressful. So, Which is a real dick thing for everybody to do, too. Right. It is, but it's tradition. It's like hazing. It's like it's ha- <laughs> it's hazing from teachers. Right. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who haven't listened to our hazing episode, you might want to check it out. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Okay. So, um, all right. So... Anywho. How, how would you get out of it a final exam? That's going to be a trick. It's, it's tricky because teachers want you to take it because that's how they get their kicks. All right. See so you suffering. Yeah. My dog ate my homework. That's not going to do it's it. It's not going to get you out of a final exam. I'm really not feeling very well. A tough shit. Yeah. Tough shit is exactly right. So to get out of a final, it's got to be something Really serious. Good. I mean, catastrophic, yeah. you might say. You better be dead. You better be Troy on the side of the road. So, enter two unnamed students from the University of Georgia in Athens, mm-hmm. clearly in the range. Yeah, there's yeah, okay. students in Georgia. But okay. also clearly smarter than most Rangers because they are in college. They are in college. Right? They um, got in. They got in somehow. So, they have to have something going on. So, they, they have come up with a foolproof plan to get themselves out of their finals. Mm, foolproof. I like it. Yeah. Like most of our stories, they're all yeah, foolproof. They're all foolproof. Uh, That's how they make the show. Right. So they put they put an ad in Craigslist that was going to be the answer to their problems. They could have just studied, you know. Uh, but the their answer was so much quicker and easier than studying. Um, leave it to our millennial friends. Too. Well, and they saw how miserable their friends were. Right. Studying and getting all stressed out. So they didn't want to do that. So I'm going to read this ad verbatim that they put in Craigslist, okay? The title was Hitman Wanted. Uh-oh. It says, I am looking for someone to run my friend and I over with their car. We do not want to die. We just want to be injured enough to get out of taking our finals here at oh UGA. Please do not kill. And it appeared in the skilled trades. Sounds, sounds polite <laughs> enough. Yeah, skilled trades. I said please. Yeah, so um, they were discovered, and they didn't put it in Soldiers of Fortune. No, skilled isn't that trades the magazine section. you're supposed to put it in? <laughs> Can you believe this? Skilled trades. Kids today. Oh I mean, my seriously. God. Run so me what? over with your car so I can break my leg. Oh my so God. I don't have to take finals. Well, that. Uh, oh my God. That's Explain that shit. to your parents. Yeah. I got suspended for what? Well, well you might want to sit down. Yeah. 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 Did you drink too much at a frat party? Well, no, not exactly. No. Okay. okay. It goes something like this, Mom. <laughs> so, me and my friend. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So anyway, that's that story. Clap your hands, everybody. And everybody, everybody just, just clap, clap your hands. hands. What was that? Uh, I, I don't know. Something Who was bad that? just happened. <laughs> Jimmy, get off the sauce. Yeah, Jimmy. That's 25 cents. What an ass. God, I hate that guy. I know. Why haven't we fired him? I don't know. So I think the movie Home Alone is kind of a cultural phenomenon. If you're over a certain age, anyway. You know, you know what I mean? Which I movie? Mean, home home alone. alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kid gets left home alone. Mm-hmm. Bad guys show up, and he uses booby traps to protect himself in the house. Right. 
you know, slapstick humor at its worst. Oh, it was a good It was bit. horrible. Horrible. It was a good bit. But the question is that no one seems to ever ask, what happens when that kid grows up physically, but not mentally or emotionally? That would be Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. Well, no. Oh. That would be they move to Maine. Oh, Yay, yeah. Maine! Yay! A relative newcomer to our list, but thankfully, they picked an important episode to debut on. And just for the record, the outcome is not funny. Good guys, they don't always win. Yeah. And it's not the comedy that ho- Hollywood wants you to believe. I know, crazy. All of that is what I like to call foreshadowing. I've heard that word before. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. From you. Uh-huh. So <laughs> let me introduce you to 65-year-old. Yes, 65. So nowhere near the range. Uh-huh. But of course, male. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Ronald Sire. Mm-hmm. Ronald lives in Van Buren, Maine. Mm-hmm. Named after the U.S. president. And that will be the last respectable thing said on the rest of this podcast. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Van Buren is ridiculously far north, calling themselves your gateway to the St. John Valley in Canada. And it's also fairly rural. And apparently not many people want to live in the gateway. Hmm. However, for reference, in case you want to know where the gateway is, it borders the Canadian province of New Brunswick, and it's around 320 miles from Portland. Where Canadians want to live, but apparently Americans do not. Mm. So, it's early in the evening of Thanksgiving of last year when police in Van Buren respond to a 911 call from a man at Ronald's residence who claims he's been shot. Okay. Okay. I'm with you so far. On Thanksgiving. Is this some kind of domestic disturbance? I don't know. A family dispute? Maybe someone took a bad bet on the Dallas Cowboys game? (laughs) Or is it an attempted suicide? They aren't sure, but they rush to the home to render aid and find out. Okay. Quote, following an extensive investigation that lasted into the early morning, it was determined that Mr. Sire had been shot as a result of the unintentional discharge of one of his... Homemade devices, Mm. end quote. That came from the Van Buren Police Department. They went on to say, regretfully, that he had succumbed to his injuries sustained from the gunshot wound. So police arrived and found the front door had been designed to fire a handgun at anyone who tried to open it. Ah. They found other devices as well and realized they had to call the main state police bomb squad to help because the house and property were booby-trapped. I see. You would think Ronald, the dick, might have given them a heads up when he called them to come help him because he shot himself. But no. I suppose he was only interested and concerned about himself. What a prick. I know, right? So surely Ronald is a one-time Looney Tune booby-trapping his whole home, but no. Not to be? Not to be. In February in Philadelphia, a staircase was found by real estate investors to be booby-trapped with a tripwire that sent knives swinging into what would or could have been unsuspecting victims. Fun, right? Potential buyers. Such a good time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I also find, found a guy charged with murder of a neighbor over a booby trap and an FBI right now have a huge case on their hands at a house where a wheelchair was rigged with a shotgun and it actually hit an agent in the leg. Yeesh. So before you start booby trapping your home, in case Ronald dying from his own booby trap is not enough of a deterrent, it is illegal to booby trap your home. What? Yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but even here in in the land of the free, for some reason, life is valued over property. (laughs) Stupid. I know, I know. Wow. Makes you think. I know. 
Well, I guess we're going to have to take down some of our booby traps, baby. I know. Boobies are okay. Booby traps are not. Not good. All right. Thank you, honey, for that. My final story. Can you believe we're already almost done? Next story. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, so we can all agree that some people are good and some people... Not so good. Not so good. Sure. What categories of humans can you think of, darling, that are not good? Can you think of just groups that... Criminals. Criminals. Okay, that's one. How about... Uh, what else? Anything? Um... Animal abusers. Animal abusers. That's a great example. Another one is white supremacists. Oh, yeah. Those guys are dicks. So this is a story about one of those chaps. Um, On July 21st last year, Zoe Baker and her partner Samuel O'Brien were walking through Exeter City Center. That's Exeter, Devon in England. Oh. Right. Jolly here. Right. Jolly good. Uh, When they heard a loud bang, an explosion, and they saw an orange glow and smoke coming from an 18th century synagogue. It's one of the oldest ones in the country. Uh, They were worried that someone might have been hurt in the explosion, so they moved toward that area and saw something strange. They saw a man walking away from the synagogue carrying a green petrol can. Now, for those in the States, that would be a gas can. Okay? (laughs) Okay. And he appeared to be laughing. And he was also trying to flatten out his hair, which Ms. Baker described as looking like it had been whooshed up. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's a common phrase. Whooshed up. Whooshed up. So when firefighters arrive, uh, they, f- they found a severe fire going on in a room which contained a gas boiler. And they were, they were definitely <sighs> oh, worried no. about explosion. But they were able to put the fire out. Uh, the synagogue was damaged pretty extensively, but it, it, it survived. Um, and you know that the thing about England is they've got cameras everywhere, right? Oh, right, okay. right. So police pull up the CCTV footage in that area, and they identify the suspect's van and track it back to the, the owner. Okay, so there's, there's two camera shots, and I saw this on YouTube, by mm-hmm. the way. One shot is literally, he's in the back of the building, and... It shows him walking up to a window and then taking like a hatchet or an axe and breaking out the window. And then he leaves and then he comes back with a a petrol can. A petrol. And then he dumps that into the hole in the window. Okay. And Mm -hmm. then he he lights something, he lights a piece of paper or something on fire and then like throws it in the hole. And as soon as he does it, Boom, this explosion, and it sends him reeling backwards. This fireball comes shooting out of the room right into this guy's face. It's classic. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dumbass. And so they, they, and then they show another angle of another camera right around the corner showing him coming out to his van. He's looking in his rearview mirror. He's like leaning over, looking at his hair because <laughs> he singed all his hair off, and it was all kind oh. of poofy. And so, um, so they've got that shot, too. That's kind of funny. So police were able to identify this guy, not in the range, but I guess white wow. supremacists, they're not all in the range. This is just a deviation of yeah. humanity. Um, he's 52. Whoa. He's of Alexander Terrace, Exeter. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when police knock on his door and he answers, he smells like fire and <laughs> petrol, you see. And he had burns to his hands and his forehead, and a good portion of his hair was singed off. <laughs> so they thought, you know, I think we got our guy we might, This might be the guy. <laughs> he might be good for this one. So he's placed into a police van, and as he takes his seat, he says to the officers, please tell me that the synagogue is burning to the ground. If not, uh, it's poor preparation. Uh, so later in court, this Dillweed admits to the arson. He also admitted to encouraging terrorism by publishing a song entitled White Man. Now, I couldn't get a copy of it. (laughs) I'm sure it was really enlightening, but uh, White Man. He also carried a copy of the White Resistance Manual when he appeared in court at the Old Bailey in London. Well, this should be a pretty easy... (laughs) Yeah. Prosecutor Alistair Richardson said that Morgan had deep-rooted anti-Semitic beliefs 
embodied in a desire to do harm to the Jewish community and an obsession with abhorrent anti-Semitic material. He went on to say that he tried to burn down the synagogue with no thought for any lives he might put at risk. I rest my case. I threw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> that was not part of it. Uh, and so the court gave him, this is kind of weird. You know England and their sentencing. Yeah, it's all very, so very strange. Um, they gave him an indefinite hospital order. Ooh. So they commit him to hospital. And only the courts can consider his potential release. So I guess he has to petition that I'm all better now or whatever. Um, so I, I don't quite completely understand how that works. But I have to assume they, they know what they're doing. He was also given a 10-year terrorist, uh, terrorist notification order, which means that he will be subjected to long-term monitoring if should he ever get out by the police. I like it. The best part of the story really is that you can see the whole thing on video. So look it up. You see him getting um, blown up. Now I'm wondering, what, what did I search here? Well, the guy's name, the guy's name was, what was his name? Hold on a second. Tristan... God dang it, what's his name? What is it? Tristan Morgan. So look up Tristan Morgan, uh, England, and synagogue. Maybe use those words, and you'll be able to watch it. And it's it's really quite funny. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. And that's it. Awesome. So <laughs> karma steps in, plays yeah. a role, and all is right with the world. Hopefully they have plenty of room to keep him. All right. All right, baby, yeah. tell me your final story. Clap your hands, everybody. Ooh. And everybody just clap your hands. And next story. <laughs> now, I can't end a Dumb and Dumber episode without taking you back to Florida. Oh, God. And trust me, you'll be glad I did. Okay. This one wins the prize for the best story of all time. Last year, 2019 really had some of the greatest hits for Stupid Criminals. Mm -hmm. And there was no possible way I was letting this one slide by without telling you about it. Mm -hmm. Deputies in Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office have a real nose for sniffing out troublemakers. Mm -hmm. And that's funny. That You'll find funny. out why in a little bit. <laughs> okay. Their county is uh, as far south as Sun City and goes all the way up past Tampa and encompasses a population of well over a million people. So they have a sizable territory to cover and a lot of different personalities to interact with. Okay. So when deputies saw a suspicious vehicle driving in a way that set off their spidey senses, they decided they better go ahead and pull it over just outside of Meredith. The passenger, identified as 20-year-old Fabricio Turos Jimenez... Fabrizio. Go ahead. No. <laughs> Seemed extremely fidgety. Uh -huh. Didn't want to look the two officers in the eyes and was overly concerned about such a minor traffic stop. Okay. So the deputies immediately noticed that Fabrizio had what appeared to be a white powdery substance on his nose. Oh, really? What, what was it, do you think? Powdered, so, uh, was he eating a powdered donut? So... They asked him to go ahead and step out of the vehicle, explain they were just going to cuff him for everyone's safety. Sure. And read him his rights. You know, just standard stuff. And once they had that, that done, they said, you know, uh, you have some unusual substance that seems to be stuck on your nostrils. A substance. <laughs> and Fabricio was bewildered. He did not know what it was or how it got there. So deputies informed him that they were going to go ahead and swab his nose and do a little field test. Just to, let's just make sure that's not harmful. Right. And it came back positive for cocaine. What? I can't believe that. Well, <laughs> no. Fabrizio was shocked and looked at those officers square in the eyes and proclaimed with all the sincerity of an angel, he doesn't know where that cocaine came from and it did not belong to him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe him. So, the cocaine on the inside of your nostrils does not belong to you? No. That is correct, ma'am. It is not mine. Holding it for a friend. They then patted him down and found a small baggie of cocaine. Much to Fabricio's utter shock and bewilderment again. 
along with 250 grams of marijuana and 13 Xanax pills that were also absolutely not his. <laughs> How the cocaine got in his nostrils was just as big a mystery to him as it was to the officers. What a frame up. He's it's obvious. Just, uh, so I'm guessing he had a few beers, needed some air, held his head out of the window, and some dickhead in the car ahead of him on the highway was tossing cocaine and pills out the window, and boom, it landed in his nose and in his pockets. What are the odds? I mean, it happens all the time in in Florida. It's Florida. You have to be careful in Florida. They even have alligators there. I've heard that. Things happen in Florida. This poor guy. I mean, what the run of bad luck. I mean, how that stuff got in his nose... That wasn't even his stuff. That kind of thing happens all the time. I'm sure the cops understood that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But it wasn't his. And how many years in prison did he get? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's arrested, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was arrested and he went without incident. Oh, okay. Well, because see ya. he felt pretty confident that the judge would believe him. Yeah, it's a, it's a believable I mean, story. <laughs> What's not to believe Just because this white powdery substance got inside his nostrils doesn't mean it's his stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, that's delightful, baby. <laughs> yeah, Florida. Hello, Florida. This stuff happens. In Florida. It does. I mean, all the time. Maybe Mississippi, too. We don't know. We don't know. We don't ever talk to them. Tell me about your sources for all those fun stories. Um, Live Science, New York Post, Tampa Bay Times, Associated Press, USA Today, and Sheriff Chad Chronister. Oh, and I got mine from Devon and Cornwall Police. Oh. The BBC. Mm-hmm. Ranker.com, CBS News, Flagpole.com, E! Online, and WSBTV.com. And as far as cities, I want to... Uh, honor our friends in England. Listen to these cities from the last few episodes. Ipswich, of course. Right. Oxford, Chelsea, Blackheath, Westminster, Royal Leamington Spa. Yes. Maidenhead, Chelmsford, and Islington, or Islington. And Indiana is showing up. Tell City and Scottsburg. Sounds Ooh. like a nice place. Yeah. And a warm <laughs> welcome to a new city in New York. Ron Concoma. Ron Concoma. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. Ron Concoma. Uh, hello, Ron Concoma. Hello. And F.U. Mississippi. That. <laughs> All right, baby. Uh, is there anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. That's right. And so until next time. Live big. Rest in peace. The, the worms, worms are waiting. waiting.